Hey, thanks for tuning into the podcast today. In this episode, we're going to go over some of the Manhattan sales market, little touching points, stats from Q1, which has been pretty positive for all the homeowners and uh, home buyers. And then we're going to talk about a very specific definition in real estate, which everyone should know when you're working with a real estate agent or not. Uh, many industries have this uh, this duty, but in real estate, it's pretty specific. We're going to talk about what is a fiduciary in real estate and what does that mean to you as a buyer or seller. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. Manhattan's back, baby, with a couple of caveats. There's an article out with the New York Times this weekend uh, in the real estate section, which kind of sums it up. But a lot of people have been writing about it because, you know, the Q1 is now over. We're on the 5th of April and the date is in and it's looking positive for people returning to the city. Sales are up. Manhattan sales market is poised for a rival, for revival. Sorry. Come on. It's Jesus' birthday, revival, Easter. The market's back. Get with it. And just after a year after a collapse with the lot of buyers moving to the suburbs, as we talked a lot about, talked about that a lot. First time buyers are pushing this move with significant price cuts, progress in the vaccine, and low interest rates getting people into the market. It boosted first quarter sales. And what exactly does that mean? It had a in the first quarter of this year, the number of closed sales exceeded those from the same period of 2020 for the first time in a year, with 2,454 sales, which is an increase of 2.1% year over year. And uh, this was reported by Douglas Elliman. There's other brokerages who have slightly different data. Brown Harris Stevens is saying it's about 6%. And this is by contrast of the fourth quarter of 2020 versus 2019. 21%. So, you know, we're talking 22, 23, 26% swing in two quarters. Uh, Samuel Miller, they put together a lot of the data. He says, yes, the market is recovering, but we can't oversell and say it's some sort of boom. It's just dramatically better than it was a quarter or two ago. But this comes with a couple uh, caveats because although contracts are up, sellers have kind of come around to the adjustments that need to be made to get deals done right now. Uh, the suburbs, New Jersey, Westchester, Connecticut, upstate are uh, quite hot. Um, but you know you, you need to make adjustments and sometimes it takes these people a year, but that's okay. The price of apartments with four or more bedrooms dropped nearly 19% from the same period last year to 4.96 million while studios fell 7.4%. To 435,000 one bedrooms, which make up the largest share of sales, fell 4.4 percent to 760,000. And the medium sale of co-ops, which make up a lot of the sales in Manhattan, dropped 3.8 percent to 780,000, while condos fell 4.7 percent to 1.55 million. Just three percent of sales entered bidding wars above last asking price, the lowest since 2009. So that's indicating you got good, getting some good deals here for the buyers. That's, you know, that's 10, 20, 10 years ago. The reset in prices attracted a broader range of buyers, many whom were priced out of the pandemic before. First-time buyers made up 41.9% of sales. That's very high. The highest share in the, the at least seven years. And 
the share of all cash buyers fell to 39.3%, a seven-year low as more buyers look to take advantage of low mortgage rates. It would be reasonable, quote, it would be reasonable to describe this as a youth renaissance, he said, referring to the return of young buyers. The average age of the first-time buyer in New York is 37, which is three years older than the national average, according to StreetEasy. So the market is on the rebound. <clears throat> you know, one or two weeks is a, is a blip. Three months is a trend. But as caveat, so if you are selling your home right now, get realistic about the price. Don't sit on the market for five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks trying to get your number. And if you're a buyer, get aggressive with some of the sellers if you see that they're having last year's prices or they're trying to forecast into the future about what might happen in a couple months. You got to do with you got to deal with what's going on right now and the data to prove it and you got Q1 in and there you go. Next, we're going to talk about this is a uh, the definition of fiduciary duties in real estate. This is very important because sometimes it's not explained to buyers and sellers when you work with an agent. But once I explain it to you, it'll make you feel a lot better and you're probably going to want to work with me. But first, first, I have to sell you something. Fiduciary duties in real estate, what does it mean? When a real estate agent or broker acts in an agency capacity for a buyer or seller client in a transaction, the agent or broker functions under certain legally mandated duties called fiduciary duties. And this means that under all circumstances, this person, the real estate agent, the real estate broker must act in the best interest of the client. And that means not putting your financial interests before the client, not pushing or steering buyers or sellers in certain directions or misleading anybody for their own benefit. Every action should be in the best interest of the client, and that is what a fiduciary duty is. Fiduciary duties vary state by state for real estate, but one example to common to all is confidentiality of the client's information in the transaction. So if you're a buyer or seller, you can't indicate to the the, the naturally adversarial party the conditions of motivations or indications that anything but the published price or what is the offering could that could impact the price or the deal negatively for your client, even if it means you might benefit financially. In a fiduciary capacity, it is the duty of the real estate agent or broker to protect the client's privacy, keep all information confidential unless otherwise required by the court of law or by the client themselves. And just this will, if you are shopping for a real estate agent or if you're a real estate agent yourself, it'll be helpful to explain this to your clients, market yourself this way, uh, have clear expectations and communications when starting because transactions can take a long time. You could get the first house, you could be the 50th house, it could, could take a week, a month, or it could take a year. So explaining this relationship in the beginning, it makes it clear for the clients and also clear for the real estate agents and and you won't be running into anything that is um, a problem later down the line. So there's a nice acronym this what that certain people use called old car, O-L-D-C-A-R. 
And it's, a, it's an acronym for the central duties. Let's go over it. Obedience. As an agent of your client, you must obey their instructions unless it's illegal or unethical or has requests that are not in line with the terms of your contract. So you have to have obedience within the law, within the contract, and, and ethically. That's, that, that's O for old car. Loyalty. As the agent for your client, you must be loyal and keep their best interests ahead of any other party, including yourself. How much your commission might be, particularly in competing offer situations, should not be a consideration and would be disloyal to your client. That's L. Disclosure. In many states, the, the law requires an agent, whether an agent capacity or not, to disclose material facts to the client. Material facts are those which, if known by the buyer or seller, might affect the purchase or sale actions. So you must disclose any information you know to your party that might impact any terms and conditions or price of a property or a transaction. C, confidentiality. Your duty is to be making everything confidential. Don't disclose anything you learn about your client, their business, financial or personal affairs or motivations to anything that could impact the transaction. Accountability. Accounting for all documents and funds in the transaction is a fiduciary duty. Acute reporting of the whereabouts of all monies pertaining to the transaction and their ultimate dispersal in a fiduciary responsibility. And last, reasonable care. This is the duty of which a special care should always be paid. The words reason, quote unquote reasonable p- care are only finally fully divined in many cases by a judge or a jury when it's too late to change your actions. But the amount essentially to the duty owed to any client by an agent or brokerage through the state and federal common law and federal regulatory action. Follow the law. It's basically, that's what they're saying there. And uh, there's a couple different, so we're not going to go all the way into this because uh, it does have something to do with it, but it's could be a whole other episode in itself. But Types of relationships, types of clients, representation. You know, typically there's buyer and seller, so you're either just representing the interests of the buyer or you're just representing the interests of the seller. In certain states, like New York, you can have dual agency, which means you are technically equally representing both buyer and seller. This will limit the agent on advising on price or anything that could be negatively representing one against the other. And then also in other states, you have things that call transactional relationship where you just do the transaction uh, from the beginning and you're not taking interest of anybody. Um, but in, you know, in certain states, they don't let you have dual agency because they think there's a conflict of interest, which that happens sometimes. And then also sometimes you have dual agency at the same brokerage firm. They could assign a, a, another person to represent the interest of the other client, even though technically you're still at the same brokerage firm. So I hope that helped you out got you informed, you learned a little something else about real estate, fiduciary duties in real estate, old car, just to recap, obedience, obedience to the client, loyalty. You must be loyal and keep their best interests ahead of any other party, including yourself. Disclosure, disclosure, any material facts that are mandated by law or will impact the the transaction. Confidentiality, 
Don't spill any beans you don't need to unless it's required by law or pertinent to a transaction, accounting of all funds, and reasonable care. Clearly define who you're working for. Is it the buyer? Is it the seller? Is it both both parties? Is it neither party? This can change as transactions go on or say you're working with a buyer and you go somewhere else or you see a lot of properties or you get multiple offers on a sell side. So explaining it helps a lot. I hope you enjoy. This is the Ask Amadeus podcast. If you like it, like, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or my YouTube at Marcus Amadeus. Follow me on social media at Marcus Amadeus. That's my social media names. And if you want to buy or sell or just want to have a little advice in real estate, go to MarcusShot.com or just DM me. We service, we are licensed in New York and New Jersey, but we also do relocations all around the country. If you're looking for a second home, if you're going to a market that you're not familiar with, talk to me. We'll set you up with a pre-vetted, qualified group of real estate agents in your new area to make sure you're working with the best people, save the most time and be in good hands. And then you also still get to hang out with us and have our oversight and support in the transaction. I hope you have a beautiful day. Enjoy. Bye.